Thank you. You've embarrassed me now. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. Well, happy Mother's Day. Like Steve said, my name is Carol, and um, I'm part of the staff here. I help to lead our amazing young people who are mostly sitting over there. Love you guys. Yeah, they're amazing. And um, the truth is, I love teenagers so much, I decided to have a couple of my own. And here's a picture here of me. <clears throat> this is my husband, Phil. And we've got Lauren, who just turned 16 on Friday and Sam, who will be 15 in July. And as you can see, I am the smallest member of the family now. <laughs> and the truth is that my kids have used my words against me recently. I brought them up, um, telling them and reminding them that it is much safer for them to sit in the back of the car because they're little. <laughs> yeah. So now every time we get in the car, my kids are like, Mum, it's safer if you go in the back because you're littler than us. Yeah. I know. Oh, here's another photo of me. I mean, how cute was I? I mean, that is just like a picture of cuteness there, but I do need to tell you that. Don't be fooled by that. Um, if I'm going to speak here on Mother's Day, I do need to start by confessing all I put my own mother through when I was little, because I was a bit of a cheeky monkey, and it was like I was born with an inbuilt rebel alert. It's like every time my mum said, Carol, don't do that, or don't say that. It just suddenly seemed like the best possible thing to do in all the world. There was nothing else I wanted to do except the very thing she had told me not to. And it was only through years of experience that I realized that my mum was usually right. Like the time she told me not to stick my head out of the half-open window in the back of the car whilst driving along the motorway, because yes, I did get my head very, very stuck. Um, I did quite enjoy the whole feeling of wind through your hair, but for 40 minutes along the motorway, because it's just not good. She was also right when she told me not to eat the weed killer, because even though it did look like sherbet, the taste and the effects were not like sherbet at all. <clears throat> And then lastly, she was right when she told me that I shouldn't try to light fire in an ice cream tub. Um, it just melts and it wasn't a good idea. So, Mum, hopefully you're listening to this message. You were right and you're amazing. And do you know what? If you're sitting here and you can't even laugh at this jokes because you know that you have that child at home. It's just like me. I just want to encourage you. They do grow out of it. I mean, I, I've nearly grown out of it now. So, so you're going to be absolutely fine. But in all seriousness, mums, you are absolutely amazing. Aren't mums absolutely amazing? And there is something about mums that just reflects who God is. Because even though he is described as father, actually he created mothering out of his very nature and goodness. And um, this means that you don't have to be a biological mum to mother others, which is good because you don't have to have the stretch marks to be able to mother others. <laughs> Not that I've got any. And um, this morning, I'm wanting to talk about leaving a legacy of love. Because really, that's what mothering is. It's leaving a deposit, a legacy in those that we mother that lasts way beyond our years on this life. It deposits something amazing and something great that continues to bear fruit in the generations to come. And um, I do just want to say to men, listen, don't switch off. I know I'm talking mostly to the women this morning. 
But I want you to know that it's one of your greatest roles and privileges to be an empowerer of women, to release your, your women to be all that they can be, whether they're your friends or your wives or your daughters. Empower women. It is one of your greatest privileges. So um, this message is for you, whoever you are. And for me, I want to leave a great legacy for my kids. I really, really do. I want to leave something for the generations to come to be affected. And today I thought I would share with you my mandate for mothering. Um, it's Deuteronomy 6 verse 4. And right from the moment I had kids, I knew I needed something from God. And this has been and still is my mandate for mothering. So here we go. <clears throat> Love the Lord your God. Sorry, no, hang on. <laughs> Not yet. You can do that in a minute. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and get up. Do you know, teaching my kids to love the Lord their God with all their heart and all their mind and all their soul and all their strength is what underpins who I am as a mum. Every decision I make, everything I want to invest, this just says it. Whether it's um, how we chose to discipline our kids, whether it was the choice of whether or not I go back to work after I had kids, whether it is how we teach our children to resolve conflict between themselves or with other people, whether it was how we spent our time or our money, this was it. This is what I'm shooting for every time, to teach my kids to love the Lord their God with all their heart, mind, soul and strength. And I just want to look at a few ways of how we've done this. Um, and firstly, I want to look at sacrifice. Do you know, mums are nothing if not sacrificial. When Steve read out that job description earlier, I wonder which one of you is going, oh, that sounds good. <laughs> no holidays, no break. Yeah, I love to stand and bend and deal with toxic waste. I, I love those days of being covered in sick and dealing with poo and... You know, you move on and you're dealing with the attitudes and all those things. It's, it's a life of sacrifice, isn't it? And I remember for us, when our kids were little, they were practically perfect in every way, but, but not completely. And I can remember, particularly our son, Sam, he was a nightmare. Every dinner time, every breakfast time, every lunch time, he would not eat his food. He was like one of these kids, he was all head and not very much body because he was so skinny and I used to worry he wasn't eating enough and I tried all these different foods and I blended it up and we went organic for a while and we, you know, I even tried junk food just to get him to eat something. But he would sit with his lips like, like that, I couldn't get anything in and we did actually find a way of dealing with this. A friend sent us a toy and uh, it was a little caveman and you'd press the button and he would do a dance and he'd sing... Wild thing, da, 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 da. and Sam would watch this toy, and as he watched it, he'd kind of go, oh. And as his mouth was open, I just ran that food straight in there. And you know, that was our meal time for about a year and a half. If any of you used to go camping at Stonely, you would have heard that coming from our tent three times a day, that wild king. And, and you know what, now the thing is, he's a teenager and he's absolutely huge. He walks in a room and now food just disappears. It's like we're going to have to start selling furniture just to feed that boy. So parents, if you're struggling to feed your children, don't worry, don't worry, they'll be fine. <clears throat> you know, our kids cost us, don't they? They cost our time. 
They cost our energy, they cost our patience, they cost um, our sleep, and especially sleep in those first few years. And um, for those of you who've got young kids, you'll know what it's like. Those Every night, it's just, <clears throat> just praying, dear God, let this be the night that I get to sleep all the way through. Please, I'll, I'll do anything. Okay, the amount of energy and time we spent just up in the night with our kids so tired that I would hear them and I would get up and I would just walk straight into walls because I was so tired, all that energy being poured in. But you know what? Then they become teenagers. And they make up for the whole sleep thing. <laughs> And all that energy that you poured into trying to get them to sleep, you spend it trying to just wake them up and get them out of bed. They just, I mean, what's all that about? But I have discovered if you cook bacon, yeah, it works. It works. It's a life of sacrifice. Mums, you know, you're amazing. Every sacrifice that you make, Every time you lay down your life in some way is like just precious gems to God. Okay, he loves it. It is so, so beautiful. And today is a day for us to say thank you. And I know that none of us are perfect. We're not. And the truth is, I could spend all morning preaching to you about my failings, where I've let my kids down, the moments that I lost it, the times I had to ask for forgiveness, but I've decided not to do that this morning. Because um, <laughs> the truth is, in a 20-minute talk, you can think someone's the best mum in the world, and that, that's not the truth. And even this week, as I was preparing this, I had this kind of, oh, I'm a terrible mum moment. And I was like, am I even investing any of this stuff into my kids? And my daughter came in, she's like, well, talk me through it, mum. And I went through it, and she's like, you are so investing that in me. You are so investing that. So... Mums be encouraged because the truth is, however like Wonder Woman, all the other mums seem to be, actually we're all the same. None of us are perfect. None of us are all-knowing and all-wise. And the truth is this, we need to lean on someone greater than ourselves. Okay, we need to trust in someone who is bigger and stronger and wiser. If we are to leave a great legacy for our kids that is not just about us, we need to come and, and lean on him so that we leave a legacy that is all about God and not about us. <clears throat> so here's something else as a Christian mum, and I understand not everyone here is a Christian today, but here's a couple more things that I've um, tried to invest in my kids to help leave a legacy, not about me, but about God himself. And the next one is pray. Pray for your children and teach them to pray. Do you know, mums, your prayers are powerful and effective. The Bible tells us so. God tells us so. Every time you pray is great power. And I'm convinced that nations and rulers have been changed because mums were sitting at home praying for their kids. And as mums, we want to have the greatest influence, don't we, on our kids' lives often. But the greatest influence we really have is through prayer. It is through prayer. <clears throat> and we want to protect, we want to provide, we want to guide our children, don't we? And the, the great thing is this, that we can cry out to the God who can do all those things and so much more. God never runs out of power. He never runs out of resource. He never runs out of love. Do you know what? He loves your kids even more than you do. 
He just does. He can't help himself. And every time you pray, he is there ready to rise up on your behalf and reach into the lives of your children. And you know, whatever season of life they're in, whether your kids are struggling, whether they're doing well, pray for them. Because God's arm is so long and strong and he loves to reach into their lives and there's nowhere they can go where God cannot reach them. There's places in our kids' hearts that whatever we say to them, we are not going to get to that place. They need something greater than you. So pray for your children, whatever season of life they're in. Um, I remember my friend sharing with me, um, her son was, um, he was a lovely guy. He was a Christian, but he turned his back on God and he had really got himself into a bit of a pickle, um, into drinking drugs, really messing stuff up, messing stuff up with his friends and at work and with his family. And they had prayed for him and God spoke to her one day and just said, I want you to give this whole week, just fast and pray for him. I want to do something amazing. And she did. She did that. And um, he was at work that week. He was just doing some photocopying at the photocopier, like you do. And um, suddenly the presence of God came upon him. And he, it's like his, the eyes of his heart were opened again to the powerful love of God. And he just started to repent, which is to say sorry to God for everything he'd done wrong. He just started to pour it out as he realized how... Desperately and completely, God loved him. And he turned his life around and he sorted stuff out with his mates and with his family and got totally back on track with his life. Do you know, mums, whatever season of life your kids are at, pray. God can do the impossible and he can do the stuff that you cannot do. Do you know, whenever my kids are struggling, they come to me and they know that I'll pray for them and I'll pray with them. And I'll pray with them until something changes, until God answers And I'll do that every day of my life because I know this, that God answers prayer. Mums, dads, let's teach our kids to pray. Teach our kids to lean on someone greater than ourselves. He is so faithful and he is so kind. And, you know, I really want my kids to know that I believe in prayer. I want my grandkids and my grandkids' kids' kids to look back and know that I was a woman who believed in prayer and that I prayed for them. And I want to teach them to do the same. My next point, teach your kids to live for eternity. This is a big one. Sometimes we get this right, sometimes we get this wrong. But um, I remember our son Sam, when he was little, a long time ago, when he was littler than me, um, he used to really, really struggle with um, eczema. He would be itching, his skin would bleed, and he would often get infection after infection. It was horrible. And Sam knew that we would always pray for him, and we would pray for him to be healed. And he doesn't actually have eczema now. There's not a trace, which is great. But we also taught Sam something about eternity. And I can remember praying for him when he was about three or four, and he was bleeding and really sore, and I felt really upset just to see him suffer. And I think he could see that. And he reached out his hand. He just touched my hand and he said, Mummy, don't worry. I'm not going to be itchy in heaven. My new body in heaven is not going to have eczema. It's going to be fine. Do you know, there was something about him understanding and seeing through the eyes of eternity that changed that situation. Because it does. Looking at life through the eyes of eternity changes everything because this life is like a drop in a bucket. 
It's like a drop in a vast ocean. And it's so easy to forget that, isn't it? And it's so easy to forget for us to invest this in our children. But I want to teach my kids to not just live for this life, but to live for the life to come, to live to honour God. So how do we do this? Well, I'll give you some examples from our parenting. Some of these went well. Some of them didn't go quite as well. Um, If you like them, you can keep them. If you think they're rubbish, you can chuck them away. But here's the first thing. We taught our kids about honesty in the light of eternity. Because what I discovered quite early on was when I had a little girl and a little boy coming to me and saying, oh, it was him, he done it. And the other one's like, no, it wasn't me, it was her, she done it. Okay, there's very, not that they really talked like that. (laughs) Um, I realized that there was nothing very much to motivate them to tell the truth. Because it was like, Tell me the truth that you've done it, and you can face the consequence for what you've done. I mean, how does that motivate anything, anyone? So I, I needed them to see something greater. I needed them to see through the eyes of eternity, and I taught them this verse. Luke 12, verse 2 says this. <clears throat> Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light. And what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed from the rooftops. You know, I taught my kids this very, very young so that they knew that it was better to confess the things they'd done wrong, to repent and say sorry in a room with their mum who loved them than it was to carry lies and shame and guilt through life into eternity where one day they would stand before Jesus and give an account. Do you know, I want my kids to be free from that stuff. I want them to be free from lies and guilt in this life, in a room with someone who loves them so they don't have to carry it through. I don't want them carrying junk into eternity. Let's teach our kids about honesty in the light of eternity. And do you know what? This has gone in quite a lot when... (laughs) When my kids feel I'm not telling the whole truth, I mean, Laura, my daughter, she'll be like, Mum, rooftops. That's all she needs to say. And, you know, in all seriousness, parents, we've got to model this. We have got to model this. When we get it wrong, when we get it wrong, sorry is a powerful word. Okay, say sorry. Say sorry to your kids. Model authenticity and repenting in this life that they've got something to copy and follow. Next, let's teach about suffering in the light of eternity. And I've talked about this a little bit already, haven't I, with Sam and his eczema. But again, this one is so, so important, particularly if there has been a lot of suffering in your life or you've got um, a family member who's struggling with long-term sickness. And... This is something we've had to talk about a lot. I've got a long-term back condition. It means I'm in pain every day. My kids know that. And they've prayed for me to be healed. And it's hard when you pray for your mum and she hasn't been healed yet and you see that she's in pain. But my kids know that I'm believing for something else. I'm I'm hoping for a miracle in this life. And we're going to keep on praying for one, absolutely, because Jesus loves to heal. But actually, even if he doesn't heal me in this life, do you know what? My body in heaven, I think it's probably going to be slightly better than everybody else's, okay? I'm going to be taller. I'm going to have like that model, supermodel neck. I tell you, look out for me, okay? 
<laughs> Seriously, the truth is that actually from the moment I die and go to be with Jesus, I will have a brand new body with no sickness or pain. And it's so important that we're seeing through this lens. And then lastly, receiving an eternal reward. Again, I want to teach my kids about giving their best to God. You know, the Bible teaches that every time we choose to honor God in this life, whether it's through <clears throat> choosing not to gossip at school, whether it's choosing to say no to sex before marriage, whether it's choosing to honor their parents or to make a stand for God. Okay, I know that these choices, they cost my kids every time. Every time they make a brave decision to stick up for God or to make that difficult choice. But what does the Bible say? What do I want my kids to know? Actually, every time they make a decision like this, they're investing in an inheritance that is being kept for them in heaven. And that inheritance cannot decay, it cannot spoil, and it cannot be stolen from. And you know, this motivates us, doesn't it, to make good choices in this life. <clears throat> and then lastly, my last point is entering into Jesus' legacy. Do you know, ultimately, there's only one person who has left a perfect and lasting legacy, and his name is Jesus. Do you know, everything great that we manage to invest into the lives of others is just a reflection of what Jesus has already invested in us, the legacy that he's given for us. And in a moment, I'm going to describe um, how he left that legacy and how we can enter into it. But I just wanted to describe a little bit of what Jesus has given for you and me, invested in us. And I'm just going to list it off. And if you're pleased about any of these things, you can get happy about it. Um, and some of this stuff we receive in the here and now in this life. And some of this we receive after the day that we die. But here you go. Are you ready? Are you ready to hear what Jesus has left for you? Tony, you're ready. I can see it all over your face. Everlasting forgiveness. Yeah, that is good. Praise the Lord for that. Freedom from guilt and shame. Perfect joy that will never, ever end. Eternal salvation that no one can steal from you. A cleansed, <laughs> a cleansed conscience. A crown of beauty instead of ashes. He says that we've been raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places. I mean, that is so cool. Oh, yeah, I'm right up there with him. Restoration to a good father. He's given us righteousness, peace, and joy. He's given us dignity and purpose, a calling and a destiny, a hope that will never fade. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing what Jesus has left for you and me? <clears throat> And you know, the greatest thing about this legacy is that he has called you and me into a friendship with him, a friendship with the living God that loves us and created all things. And he has prepared a place for you in heaven. Jesus said this, in my father's house are many rooms and I go to prepare a place for you. Do you know that? Jesus has prepared a place for you in his father's house. And it describes it a little bit more in Revelation 21. It says, 
And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither will there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Do you know, Jesus has prepared a place for you. He has prepared a place for you, and I want you to know whether you have been a Christian for years or whether you've walked in this building today not even sure if you even believe in God. Listen, he believes in you. He believes in you, and he has prepared a place for you, and today is your invitation to enter into all that Jesus has prepared for you, and you are here hearing this message today because your heavenly Father loves you. He loves you, and he wants you to receive everything, everything that he's left for you. So what did Jesus do to leave this legacy for us? Well, we've talked a bit about sacrifice, haven't we, and how mums sacrifice so much. Well... God's legacy for us always also involves sacrifice, and it started with this rescue mission. And this is probably the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he so loves you, he so loves you, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Do you know, it's very, very simple. Jesus died so that you can live. So that you can live and so that you can live for all eternity. Jesus hung on the cross to take the punishment for your sin and my sin, everything that we have ever done wrong, everything that created a barrier between us and our heavenly father. Jesus has dealt with it. Completely and utterly is dealt with at the cross. Thank you, God. (laughs) I'm so excited, I've lost my place. And how do we enter into this legacy that Jesus has already paid for? Again, it's very, very simple. And I'm going to pray us through a really simple prayer in a moment. If you want that legacy, if you want to give your life to Jesus this morning, you can leave this place knowing him, and I will lead us through a prayer. But it's three simple things. Firstly, it's just repent, which is a fancy word for, that means just saying sorry to God for everything that you've ever done wrong and giving your heart to him. It's repent. Secondly is belief, which is trusting in this work that he has done on the cross for you, that price that he paid so you can be forgiven and whole. And then thirdly, which is the easiest of all, is just receive. Jesus has done it all. Do you know what? He says that everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is for you guys. This is for you. This is a legacy that God has left for you. And the the truth is, just like our own kids have a choice whether to receive the legacy that we have left for them, actually, we also have a choice. We have a choice whether we want what he's left for us.